What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, and with me, per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? And my boy and producer, MT. What's up, Dub Nation? Gentlemen, I am fired up to announce that joining us after an insanely long time, a national NBA specialist for the Washington Post, an accomplished basketball writer who has penned multiple cover stories for publications like Sports Illustrated, the host of the greatest of all talk podcast, the author of Bubble Ball, a man who will undoubtedly be rooting for Michigan to steal a few signs from Mm, Alabama mm. during the Rose Bowl. And the guy who just wrote an article entitled Draymond Green Ejected for Flagrant Blow to Face, Mr. Ben Gulliver. What's going on, Ben? Not too much, Bram. Look, I didn't mean to hit him, okay? I was just trying to clear him off, and I sell calls with my arm, all right? <laughs> I, my God, Ben. I, so I, we're going to be talking about this, um, and I was going to save this line for later on, but I'll just do it now. So I, I have been supporting Draymond across the board in every instance, every instance. I recognize him for who he is. I recognize his value. I don't think we have one title without him. All of the things we need to say before this – I've watched almost every questionable play of his. And in the past, I at least knew what he was trying to do. You know, I'd maybe he didn't support it. Maybe I didn't think it was the right call, but I could see its intent. Last night, Ben, what the fuck was he doing? I don't, I legitimately don't understand what happened there at all. Look, I was a pretty sheltered kid growing up, you know, so we didn't have a lot of video games. We didn't have cable TV, but every once in a while, somebody would have the birthday party at like Round Table Pizza up in uh, the Portland area. They had arcade games there, you know, like Mortal Kombat. Someone would like hand me a quarter. You know, I didn't even really get to have money when I was a kid, right? Someone hands you a quarter. It's like, this is the greatest thing ever, but you don't know what you're doing. So you're just jamming the buttons, hoping that you could somehow hit your opponent. That was what we saw from Draymond. And that's not a compliment in terms of a comparison point. Uh, he's certainly needs to do better than seven-year-old Ben Gulliver. There used to be a video game called Arch Rivals, and this is dating me, but it was just a video game or it was a basketball video game where what you did was punch each other. And when you started that round table analogy, I was like, oh my God, he's going to bring up Arch Rivals. And I got hell of excited because it was a game that I like. So we're going to edit that in to make me feel better <laughs> about myself. Um, ben, we need you, man. We need you desperately. We are going to make you a Gordon Ramsay-like figure in a segment I'll explain in a minute here, um, but really what we need you to do is solve some nasty reoccurring problems in Golden State. But before we get pessimistic, let's be a little optimistic. All right. So let's go to a uh, an old segment for us, perhaps a new segment for you. It is called our glass half full. Here's what we normally do. Look back on Warriors basketball and give us something you like or don't like for this one, because we're going to be dealing with problems only go positive for me all right so you don't have to limit yourself just to last night's loss at any point during this warrior season so far something you like about this team because we we need it i heard you're just going to rebrand this the pods mania hour this particular segment and it's just going to be pods 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 because that's all you guys have going for you right i mean okay look we're going to set aside steph Curry. we don't need to uh 
give him any more love, I think, probably after the last 12, 13, 14 years of it. But uh, I saw the, the pods experience for myself down here in L.A. probably about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago now. Man, that guy makes a lot of winning plays. And I think that his ratio of smart plays to dumb plays is off the charts for a young player, especially a guy who's kind of getting thrown into a, uh, the mix. It's so interesting how there's like this double standard that applies maybe to Kuminga or some of these other young guys. Like, well, we don't really trust them. We don't know where they can kind of fit in the rotation. It's like, Paz is just rolling out there with everybody. He gets the minutes and he deserves it. And it's just like kind of from day one. So um, I've caught Pod's fever and I'm sure I'm just preaching to the choir on this one. Of course you are. In fact, it's the only thing I had in my notes as far as things to be optimistic about. <laughs> I guessed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was nicely played. Here's all I can add is his moxie. You know, so yes, the way he is playing, I love the confidence that he has that is seemingly completely unfounded. I absolutely also love. It reminds me of those uh, cartoons where the roadrunner um, would be running from the coyote. The coyote goes over the cliff, but doesn't look down. So it continues to run and it's fine and it's fine and it's fine. And then when they finally realize the stakes, down he goes. This feels like Pods just doesn't realize the stakes that are involved and is just running despite being off the cliff. So I, Pods is my answer as well, which leaves nothing for MT and Maxine. Let's see what they come up with. Boys, what do you got? I'm going to go broader. Um, it includes Pods, but just say the bench. Um, it used to be where when the start starters went out, especially Steph, we would just, um, you know, bite our nails and, and hope that we could hold on to whatever lead, um, the starting unit had gotten us. And now it's kind of the, the reverse, right? Like the starting unit starting five isn't, um, at the plus minus ratio as it in leading the league anymore. And when the young guys come in and give us that burst of energy, that's when we start playing better. So, um, I'm, Glass half full is that the bench is getting that experience. Um, you know, it, it took Draymond to be ejected for um, Trace Jackson Davis to get a shot, but he comes in the first play, blocks a shot that not, nobody else would have blocked on our team except for him. Um, so I just I like the fact that those young guys are getting the energy or getting the experience to couple with their energy because. That's what other teams are doing to us. They're just running out the young guys and running right past us. Tell you something I don't like. I don't like that your glass half full made me hell of sad. Basically, what you just told us is that our starters suck ass yeah. now, and it's our you know it's the fucking bench we need to come in. And I, and the thing that really sucks about it is that you might be right, Maxime. You're our only hope, buddy. Pods is off the table. We, we've already ventured into some negative shit. Do you have anything? Anything you can put out here because we need it. Uh, well, I listen. I prepared a graphic. And and I and I uh, it's a little bit of a pop quiz maybe, um, but oh. what I'm showing on screen here is we have two shot charts, and I'm curious, right on 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 the uh, what what do we see as a difference between the two? And for the people that are not seeing this, right on the left hand side, you have a couple of missed shots underneath the hoop, but by and large, uh, the shot chart is around outside the three point line. And then on the right, you have you know you have a basically an even distribution of shots from outside the arc and inside the arc. Um, and now what this is, right, because it struck me when I was watching the game last night, this is uh, a tale of of two halves of a quarter, right? That's the first six minutes of the quarter and then the second minute. So as soon as Moody gets subbed in, all of a sudden we're able to actually drive to the hoop. It was driving me crazy last night that it felt like what this team has built its success on is being able to shoot threes and therefore spacing the floor. And yet, right, the value of then spacing the floor is like, oh, you have these lanes to drive to the hoop, but nobody's doing that except for a couple of attempts from Wiggins um, in that first half. And then as soon as all the young guys come in, things start getting a little bit more dynamic. 
Um, so I, I feel like maybe I'm I'm excited too about what what everybody's bringing to the table. I've already celebrated Dario Saric. I think he continues to be um, a shining light for us, but that's pretty brutal that you know a, a, a rental player is somebody that's getting enough airtime on this show uh, because everybody else is so brutal. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if we can spin that positive or if this is just another, yeah, the bench is doing all right at the expense of the starters. Spin a positive. It was documentary proof of what Marcus just said. Here's what this thing taught me. You're looking to impress Ben. Ben, be impressed, dude. We do not have graphics like this. Like, <laughs> at any say, the same yeah, thing I did no. with the visual and everybody was like, that's amazing take, Maxime. <laughs> Who said that? No. I did not say that at all. What I said was that it made me sad, but he has, in fact, done something to impress Ben. So, Ben, back to you. What do you think, dude? Do we come off Look. as a more competent podcast with these dope-ass graphics? Because I feel like we do. Look, I don't think competency has ever been a question with you guys. I am concerned about mental health here. I think this segment <laughs> now needs to be called These Brothers uh, Need Help because <laughs> when you're putting together PowerPoints from the first quarter of a game in which Draymond, there's people calling for him to be arrested because of this whole incident <laughs> on social media. Clay gets benched. Wiggins get benched. I saw Steph Curry's post-game press conference. It's one of the saddest things I've watched in the year 2023. Uh, you know, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to hype up pods and we're talking about shot charts in the first minute or first quarter of the game you know not actually highlights not highlights but shot charts shot charts right <laughs> like i'm worried about you maxi man i'm i'm deeply concerned i guess i'm not surprised based on how this season has gone that you guys have hit this kind of an ebb so quickly i mean it's not even christmas I mean, fuck, let's add to the concern, Ben. If what this is supposed to be doing is comparing the subs versus the starters, check out that the subs still include Steph Curry. I mean, like, we, right. we so desperate to get, like, good stats. We have Steph on the other side. I'm pretty sure he's not a bench player, but let's not. We don't need to go into that. Well, look, I'm all for the parody era of the NBA. It makes things more interesting. But when the best starting lineup in the NBA becomes, like, the worst starting lineup in the NBA oh. over the course of one offseason, that's maybe too much parody. I, I mean, can we, can we scale the parody back? Fuckers. <laughs> this is glass half full, half full. <laughs> this is not making me feel any – all right, you know what? Let's no, I rebranded it. This is These Brothers ha Need Help. That's what this is called now. It's going to be the name of your show for the next probably two and a half years, let's be honest. No. factually accurate. It might maybe just needs, like, ongoing group therapy i don't know we'll we'll figure it out long title we'll get there instead let's start with a brand new segment and this is my gordon ramsay thing all right so i'm going to call this roster nightmares here's the idea an admission my wife loves gordon ramsay shows watches all the show watches the shows with the adults watches the shows with the kids watches the shows when he travels the whole nine yards and the one that sucked me in is one called kitchen nightmares and it's like a renovation show right starts off there's an existing business that is having nasty problems relationships have fallen apart business is going away they're they're looking at bankruptcy so they uh, call out an expert gordon ramsay who comes in addresses the issues and then gives them solutions and the episodes that really stick with me are the ones that have restaurants that used to be really successful and then now it's no longer working and in those past success hurts current options, right? Hmm. They think that what they used to do will give them the same old results, but actually it's not. And you can see the analogy. We need you. So not a kitchen uh, nightmare. It's a roster nightmare. You're coming in as our experts and I've identified three problems that need your attention. All right. One we've already alluded to. Let's put it on the table. It is Draymond Green's intensity. 
And Ben, I wasn't sure how to actually set this issue up. So let's let somebody else do it. Here's Dalton Johnson, a, uh, a beat writer for the Warriors and uh, one of the guys who hosts a podcast about him, in fact. And here's the quote or the tweet. Tonight is Draymond's 15th game this season. He's been ejected three times. He has been suspended for five games. He has missed two games to injury and one for personal reasons. So, Ben, they, they can't keep this guy on the floor, you know, is, is the, the fastest way to put it. Um, so there's our problem. His intensity is preventing him from doing all the things we need him to do. What's your solution, man? You are our only hope. What do we do here? Well, let me first, you know, stake out my lack of credentials when it comes to chefs and, and restaurants. You know, one of my least popular podcast takes is that food is overrated. That's right up there with Outcast Raps Too Fast. People get on me for these. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not going to call myself a, an expert. I'm a big takeout guy, not a big restaurant expert, but this is a serious fundamental problem, right? Like Draymond is the Warriors. If you're going to call him the heart and soul of the team for seven or eight years, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're having some issues here that are, are really serious and repeated, you can't just kind of work around that on the, uh, the edges, right? I mean, this is like your best dish or one of your very best dishes just now sucks, right? And people are not going to pay for bad food. You've got to figure out a way to make this meal better, or you've just got to scrap it from the menu. Um, I think we're taping this right before the NBA announces their suspension. I think everybody's expecting like a relatively long suspension for Draymond. I think there's a fundamental power balance issue inside the Warriors where they're not holding him accountable for a lot of things. So regardless of where the NBA suspension comes in, I actually would kind of like to see the Warriors suspend him too, especially mm. when Steve Kerr tried to go to bat for him on the last suspension. And now we actually have to like label these, right? The headlock suspension. So Steve Kerr goes to bat for him initially, on the headlock suspension and then kind of has to walk it back and, and Draymond gives his big spiel about it. Um, nobody was convinced. You saw from the team's reaction during that incident with Nurkic that there was nobody coming to Draymond's defense. We've been here before. This is tough. And I think it's actually reached the point where like you have to be thinking exit strategies. You know, if you're Mike Dunleavy Jr., it's time to put your stamp on sort of the next era of the Warriors, not just about carrying on Bob Myers' legacy, Trading Draymond right now is going to be really, really difficult. Trying to build his trade value back up may not be super realistic. He just signed a contract. It's hard to trade guys with that much future money, even though they got it on a reasonable number, I thought, uh, you know, given Draymond's productivity. So I would be trying to get myself into a position where how could we re rehabilitate this value before next summer? And I think the best way to do that is to say, you just got to cut the stuff, Draymond. We can't be dealing with this anymore. You have to take a firmer stance on it. Um, you know, this is not, hey, you're buddy-buddy with Bob Myers for the last decade. You know, Mike Dunleavy Jr., this is on you to go stand up and tell him what your values and principles are on behalf of the organization. So let's say the NBA comes back and it's five games or it's 10 games. If I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking, you know what, Draymond maybe just needs to be in timeout for like four to six weeks here and, you know, come back with a, a fresh approach, a fresh mind. And look, you're losing games either way. I'm not going to say this season is toast for the Warriors, but it's getting pretty close. And so I, I think even though he's still so important to what they do on the court, this is about more than just wins and losses in the short term. It's about organizational uh, direction. And so I guess my solution would be to sit Draymond down for a while and actually consider benching him once he's back, uh, you know, b back from the suspensions, make him earn his starting job back and just, you know, completely switch up on him in, in terms of the discipline stuff. Because what we know for sure is that the placating attitude, though we've got your back, we're going right. to let Draymond be Draymond. 
has failed miserably. It's not just that it's not working. It's failing miserably. So we got to do something different. I got three words written down after that. First one's professional. That has to do with you giving us a food rubric as you first entered that, that answer. I mean, goddamn, Ben. I'm just, trying. Look, I'm, it's trying. Nicely I'm played. trying. No, it's just fucking professional. As I said, nicely played. Here's the next two words. Great idea. And, and here's why. So what my answer was going to be, I hope it's a 25-game suspension. And the reason mm. I was going to say it's it won't be. I think it's going to be about 10. Um, the reason I was going to say that is because I was going to say I don't think the Warriors have the ability to reestablish a power dynamic with him. After they gave him this contract, after he punched Jordan Poole, it feels like they've lost the ability to be the person to do any discipline. And so they'd have to let the NBA be, you know, be that disciplinarian. But with your suggestion that they wait for the suspension and then add on top of it, that would be a way to get that power dynamic back. I, I really like that idea. I also do not think that Mike Dunleavy's established enough where he'll do it. You know, I, I don't, I don't right. know if no, he no. has the confidence. Um, you gotta, if you're a rookie exec or a rookie coach, it's the hardest thing, right? Like we're seeing Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee struggle with the same thing, trying to get his bearings and trying to get that credibility built up with your players. Sometimes you just have to, to lay the law down, right? And I think it might be a benefit for Mike Dunleavy Jr. that he wasn't the guy who did the previous placating. He didn't handle the Jordan Poole situation. Mm -hmm. He didn't handle the uh, the Sabonis situation internally, right? Uh, now, he was around, obviously, for how they handled the uh, the Gobert suspension, but enough is enough. Everyone, I didn't see anybody dream, uh, defending Draymond Green in, over the last 24 hours. And I think even in that Gobert situation, there was a number of defenders. I, I think everybody's just had enough. And he has total license from the public, and he should hopefully have license from the, the coaching staff and from his bosses to uh, to take a stance here and, and put his stamp on it, and he should. I'm going to add this, and then I'll turn it to Maxime, who's actually prepared a couple of graphics to really <laughs> put this statement home. Um, but the, the, what I was going to say is I, I haven't just defended Draymond Green. I've gone further. I've said that after watching this team for four decades and watching them be the doormat across the board, his toughness is one of the reasons they were able to start this dynastic era. I have justified it all the way through, including Gobert, Ben. I even said the first yeah. 10 seconds of Gobert, that was for Clay. And then the next five minutes were for him. But I, I even back that. I'm, I'm out of excuses. I'm done. There, there was, there is no excuse for last night. You know, I mean, you saw Curry kick a chair. We've this, they're facing their mortality. For him to not even be out there because he's selfishly, uh, emotionally reacting is not fair. But, all right, Maxime, what do you think, man? Do you like the idea of an additional suspension? How would you handle it? Yeah, I did prepare a graphic here um, to hey. share a little bit of how I'm feeling about oh. the situation. <laughs> Boo, I hate that picture and I hate you. <laughs> uh, that's our, our, our good friend Michael Jordan um, tearing up uh, so beautifully, uh, which is exactly how I feel. It's I... I remember um, uh, the 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 fight between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, which is around this time a couple years ago, and and I, I remember walking in because we were recording in person at that point as pre pandemic, um, saying I'm I'm really sad because this feels like the beginning of the end. I mean, it's been quite a long denouement here, but nonetheless, I'm I'm still in that same feeling of like, man, this is not what it once was. Um, and sure, I, I think a, I think a suspension would be helpful, especially because to Ben's point, there's not much that we can do. We're, we're kind of we have our hands tied in terms of moving him. Um, but I don't know. I think for different reasons than we would see if we if we moved on from Clay or benched Clay, there is a delicate fabric that has been woven between these three superstars. And if any of them 
uh, see their role diminish or change in any way, I wonder how it upsets the overall balance. We might we might be too far gone, um, no matter what uh, the duration of the suspension is. Few takes. One outcast does rap at normal speeds, Ben. So uh, <laughs> see, I'm speed. telling you, people <laughs> hate that take. You know, <laughs> and like. I don't know what to say, man. You know, it's it's yeah. it's regrettable, but it's been, out, it's been out there. So yeah, um, but it, uh, two takes, and then I land on my answer, which is uh, two words as well with the words theme Bram. So first, watching Draymond do that was like an embarrassing friend or family member when they're just doing too much, and you have love for them, but you don't want to support them in that moment. And you just kind of got that feeling when Draymond did that. You were like, oh, there's no way to defend this. Um, that tweet that you showed, Maxime, was interesting because it, it shows that we also haven't played with our starting lineup in over half of the games that we've, we've played so far. So, um, you know, there is a little bit of, well, we haven't had time to build consistency is a reason why our starting five is last and plus and minus this year because they haven't played together enough. Could be argument there. But um, where, where I land, I think he does get suspended, and rightfully so. But I think what changes it um, is the only thing left. It was his saving grace. There's reporting that Bob Myers was considering trading him, and he said, I went to Steph Curry and asked him about it, and Steph said no. And he was like, end of story. So mm -hmm. I think Steph Curry is the two-worded answer here. If Steph Curry goes up to him and says, enough, if you don't stop this, if you are not on the court and you're not available for us, then I'm not going to say to trade you, but I'm not going to stop them from doing it. I agree with half of that. Steph Curry being the half. If he holds him accountable, that's our best chance of getting him back. The idea of trading Draymond, trading Draymond now would be like selling a car after you've crashed it. There's not, everybody watched it. Everybody knows what the Warriors have to do. No one's going to give them equal value. And then Draymond's more valuable to us than he would be to anybody else. And so I don't, I don't know if that's a solution. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The article you wrote, Ben, had a quote that really stuck out to me. And I want to run it by you. And what I'm going to ask you is, do you think he meant it? Um, and here's why I'm going to ask that. So after the Gobert thing, Gobert came out and had some incendiary shit. One of the things he said was, look, I knew that Draymond was going to do something because Steph wasn't out there and this is what he does every time. And I, maybe there was some truth to that, but that felt much more gamesmanship than it felt anything else. But then you attributed a quote to Nurkic last night. 
And this one feels a lot more real. I want to read it to you, and then you tell me, was this gamesmanship or did he mean it? All right, quote, what's going on with him? I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needs help. I'm glad he didn't try to choke me at the same time. It ain't nothing to do with basketball. So that take, Ben, as, as, you, as you fielded it, did it feel me like, is Nurk genuinely concerned? Was, was this just a, you know, a back and forth F you, or did you take that as kind of a serious opinion? So I know Nurkic a little bit back from the Portland days. Uh, I did a big profile on him. He's a really interesting guy from Bosnia. He was taken from his like immediate family and like thrown into this basketball boarding school in Slovenia when he was like 12 or 13 years old. He wasn't afraid to tell me that he was crying himself to sleep every single night, homesick, on the sure. phone with his mom. Like just really, you know, it was a tough experience for him coming up. But his dad was like this famous seven foot tall, 400 pound police officer who made the newspaper for beating up like eight people in a barroom brawl. Right. <laughs> so he's got like these genes. But at the same time, he has this sort of like soft, sensitive side that yeah. he's just not, you know, and he was willing to tell I'm not I'm not that I'm a perfect stranger. Right. But, you know, I'm a reporter and you know, he's willing to put it out there that that was sort of what he was like as a, a younger child. I guess my point with that backstory is I think his concern for Draymond came off relatively genuine. Like I, yeah. I think he's he's really thinking like for anyone to act like this on a basketball court, there must be something else going on in their life that's triggering it, that's contributing yeah. to it. Why is he so frustrated? Why is it such a short temper? He's been in the NBA for a long time. He's been in a million uh, yelling matches with referees and other players. And he's never snapped as regularly as as he is snapping right now. I don't think it's our job to speculate on Draymond's personal life, what's going on there or off the court or anything like that. Um, you know, to me, that's pretty much out of bounds. But I think what Nurkic is trying to say is like, look, we can all agree this is not normal, and this is even out of the normal behavior for a player like Draymond. So, um, you know, with with the also the concession that like, hey, that's not cool. I don't like getting hit, I, but I didn't want to respond because I didn't want to get in trouble too. Which Nurkic also said. To me, it kind of felt like just genuine concern of like, well, I hope he kind of gets some help. And I think most people agree with that, right? Like, and I actually really liked how Draymond handled that, by the way. He came back, someone asked him, you know, this is what Nurkic said. And instead of uh, flipping out about it, he was like, you know what? Uh, respect, everybody needs help in this world. And, you know, mental health is important. Yeah. I was like, that's the the number one thing I agreed with what Draymond said in his entire press conference was that. Because all the other stuff about, oh, I was just, you know, swinging around trying to clear him off me and... I didn't intend to do it and all this. I mean, whatever. Okay, we've heard that before, Draymond. Uh, the, the part about we all need help, I think that rings true for a lot of people. It certainly did for me. I think so, too. We have some uh, some breaking news, which is that the announcement is an indefinite suspension. Oh, boy. So they're going to put him through different, uh, different uh, you know, track to return, basically. Sort of what they were hinting at with Job Morant, uh, you know, needed to, like, clear these different protocols, these different steps to be able to get back on the court. I think this actually ties in with what we were just talking about, though, on the mental health side, right? This is Adam Silver saying, we're not trying to punish you. We're trying to give you the help that possibly you need. I think that's sort of the message you send with an indefinite suspension. It could be long, though, man. It could be I, long. Ben, I think that you are incredibly compassionate and super nice to attribute that compassion to Adam Silver. I think there may be another way to look at this. I think okay. you may have had a meeting and they're like, look, dude, we have a TV deal that's coming up. We're talking billions, billions <laughs> of dollars. 
You know what we yeah. don't want to see? Draymond Green fucking punching people. It's like, how many games do we have to suspend him? And nobody knew. They're like, what if we use indefinitely? Just say indefinitely for now until we figure it yeah. out. And then until yeah. the deal's done, right? Yeah. Until, yeah, until exactly. those, yeah uh, just like we just we need to put this through some focus groups. What's the right number? We have to give him an answer now. Use indefinitely. Say indefinitely, and then we'll get Ben Golliver to say it's because he has mental health hey. issues. And then you know, and then we'll be okay. Um, Again, I think I think both could be true. And it's funny though. I'm sure Adam Silver is like, look, man, the champagne. Pain from the in-season tournament championship celebration isn't even dry yet, and you're out there hitting Nurkic in the head. What's wrong with you? Exactly. Uh, no, just—they were just complimenting me. Everyone loved my in-season tournament, and now I have this. Right. God damn it, dude! Make it indefinite. Enough, Draymond boys. I'm not going to get us sucked into a suspension hole. Instead, problem number two: Andrew Wiggins. Ben, um, I'll admit to you, I was a little heavy on Andrew Wiggins. I—I uh, I told everybody that. Wiggins was going to be the key to this next season. I expected a return to finals wigs. And instead, what we may have is Minnesota wigs, which is uh, not the best. And as this tweet we have up in front of us shows, people's reactions have been all over the board. Uh, this is our Twitter account. Uh, the tweet itself is, so what the fuck happened to Wiggins? Scroll down a little, Maxime. Let's get a taste of some of the suggested guesses. Uh, lack of workload. He doesn't care anymore. Just need to make every year a contract year. The Simmons yips. Uh, does he miss his buddy Pool crying and laughing at the? I mean, there the people are dealing with this in a lot of panicked ways. So the why of it, we'll never know. We'll never know. We don't. We're not going to get into his head. And we're not going to know what's happening off the floor, on the floor, that kind of stuff. The what happens now is what I'm interested in, right? So like. You're coming in. This is our problem, Ben. Any suggestions? Like, is it a team meeting with Wiggins? Like, what happens? How do we get his production back to where we thought we might be uh, receiving? Yeah, look, if we're the restaurant again, you know, and we're seeing that it's looking pretty light on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, much lighter than we thought. Um, maybe it's just a holiday season thing. People are traveling, you know. You know, we we don't know. Let's let's give it until January, February, and see if people get back into their normal routines and our traffic here picks up before we panic. I don't think you have any choice except for patience with Wiggins. And that's not a fun answer because I, everybody is past their wits end, you know, yeah. with, with how he's playing and, and the inconsistency factor. It did make me think back to that 22 title run, though, from Wiggins. Like the playoffs were just unreal, right? But remember the lead up to the playoffs where, like, I don't want to get vaccinated. I'm not comfortable. Like, you know, and there's just all yeah. these things going on. And where does Wiggins stand and why is he like this? And he's just kind of this quagmire of a person. I remember him coming in as, you know, obviously a number one pick. He was supposed to be the face of Adidas. And I remember doing like an interview with him. I forget where it was, maybe Summer League. And after about three questions, I was like kind of looking around. I was like, I don't think he wants to be here at all. Like this is a promotional <laughs> uh, event for him, for his sneaker company, set up presumably by his people. And I don't think he wants to have anything to do with this. And I kept trying to ask him different questions about, you know, uh, on different topics and, it was a lot of, you know, very soft-spoken, you know, one- and two-word answers. And certainly he's been given very good quotes over the years as well in different settings. And I'm not, you know, just trying to single it out as, as, as that one experience. But it just made me think, like, this is not the kind of guy who necessarily loves the limelight. He's not out there craving to be a star. He didn't really succeed as the face of a franchise. And we don't know exactly what makes him tick because he's different than the typical number one pick. He's different than the typical aspirational, you know, star-level guy. And so I think in that situation, I would be giving him a wide berth. I know there's a lot of talk, should you bench him late game, go younger and all those things. 
I, if I was Steve Kerr, I would trust Wiggins as much as I possibly could for as long as I possibly could. And I would kind of go down with that ship because, you know, if he doesn't get it back, then again, you're you're not very relevant. Your starting lineup problems are never going to be fixed and you're kind of stuck. So uh, on the Wiggins point, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a contract deal like with Clay. I think there's some contract stuff hanging over Clay. I, I think for Wiggins, it's more, you know, something probably going on in his personal life, you know, going through some ups and downs, whatever it might be. And I would just try to ride that thing out if I possibly could. I like that answer. If I played basketball in junior high way back with this guy named in junior high, felt like he was like eight foot five. I don't know how, I mean, you know, he wasn't, I don't know. I'm sure he didn't even reach, you know, six, five, but at that time he was way taller than everybody. So he's that kid who every coach who ever saw was like, you got to play, man. You got to play basketball because you're so tall, but he didn't like the sport. He had the body for it, but he didn't have the mentality for it. And every time we played, you could see it. He didn't want just the last place he wanted to fucking be. He hated it. This year, when I'm watching Wiggins, it feels like I'm watching, you know, and it, it, it's not to say that he hates the sport because I've seen him look exactly opposite. I've seen him be on fire and be the reason we won a finals. But, you know, maybe time will give him some of that motivation back. Was your friend named Kyrie Irving and was middle school the Brooklyn Nets era? Because uh, I, I could relate <laughs> to watching that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Also, he didn't think the world was that round. But I mean, we don't have to go into any details. Um, this last problem, I think, is a throwaway. But we got to mention it, at least. It's the turnovers, Ben. And my God, are they soul-sucking. You know, when, when we were winning anyways, they were kind of fun to, like, joke around about. When you're on the razor's edge anyways, and you are wasting a top five talent, you know, end of prominence, it is infuriating. But let's put some numbers to it. Um, the Warriors go into training camp and they say, Ben, as you can imagine, you know, we're not going to do this year. Turn the ball over. This is what we're working on. Don't you oh, worry yeah. about that. All we're, right. We're going to play faster and we're fewer turnovers every year, right? <laughs> and the deep, they're going to stop fouling and the whole shit's going to work out. All right. During Friday night's loss to the Thunder, they had 29, which is the most any team has had this year. And over their last three games, they've averaged 20.3. For point of reference, Chicago, a team everyone agrees is not going to be doing shit, averaged 9.3 over that same stretch. 20.3 versus 9.3. The turnovers are nasty. Ben, what do we do? Is there anything that can be done? I mean, going back to the restaurant deal, this feels like a mold issue, asbestos. Uh, you know, you're not you're not passing like the the grading, you know, the state grading. You're getting an F. You're flunking on whatever they would do. I think if I found myself in that problem, I actually had to fix it. I'm calling MT or I'm Maxime. You know, I'm like seeking out a true expert here. Like, look, I don't. I'm just going to admit up front, I've got no answer for you. It feels like one of those problems that cannot be solved, will never be solved. Will cripple the business forever, guys. Do you have any help? I mean, I love that answer, except for I wasn't listed in the experts, you motherfucker. I oh, mean, I'm, I'm just trying to help these guys. You know, I'm trying to spread the love around. All right, I'm very neurotic, man. If I haven't, if I haven't communicated that to you, you know it now. All right, experts, it's up to you. The pressure's <laughs> on. I've been left out. You better come up with something, or you're going to disappoint our guest. Exactly. I mean, I, I, it's always been the bane of our existence. It's frustrating when you the last three games are particularly frustrating when you look at the season stats um we're averaging 15.8 uh top seed in the west right now minnesota's averaging 14.9 so less than one more or less um so 
you know, is the sky falling every time we turn the ball over? Yes, because they're frustrating and it's them double teaming and rushing Steph or just a terrible pass by Andrew Wiggins here or there. Um, but, you know, I don't, I think that's always been our identity. We found ways to get around it. I don't think that's the main reason why we have a 10 and 13 record. Um, we do need to clean them up. Chris Paul will help with that. But I just think some of the other things, um, if we focus on those, the turnovers will always just be turnovers with us. It comes with the free-flowing system that Steve Kerr employs. The distinction I'll make before we hear from the other expert, one, Chris Paul has been playing, so I'm not sure if he's going to fix any of that. Two, we still we have the hubris of a 65-win team. We've always had that hubris. We might have the talent of a 40-win team. And and that's why you know the the Minnesota apparently has the talent. You know the the difference in their stats is they have more wins. They're still pulling it out. But Maxime, what do you think, man? Do you have a stated solution to our mold problem? Yeah. So well, as the asbestos expert, right? We first found out that uh, it was a cancer risk in 1934. Um, it was you know basically in 49 that we realized that it was going to be um, harmful, and and therefore we started to stop. We stopped starting to use it or started stopping to use it, but it was still present until like the 80s sometimes. I think that's the problem is we're no longer in the 80s, right? If if you have Draymond getting suspended, if you have Steve Kerr making decisions like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not going to play my starters down the stretch because they're not making it happen anymore. There needs to be an institutional recognition that something is not working because I feel like this team continues to think that they are the 2016 team, um, you know, that, that won 73 games in a season, but they're not. Right. And so they can't continue to play under the same uh, style that they played before. And so if we shake up some of these things that might cause some of these just like boneheaded um, Steph Curry turnovers, I mean, everybody, but I feel like Steph is the prime example, right? To say, hey, something needs to change here. Maybe we shouldn't be using asbestos. Let's try this other thing instead. Turnovers aren't going anywhere. Uh, the, I mean, what's the definition of insanity, right? I mean, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I mean, the, this system and these players, this is, this is part and parcel of what's happening. Either the talent steps up, we get Wiggins back, Clay finds himself, and the turnovers take a back seat to our moxie and talent, or they'll continue to swallow us alive. The three-point shooting helps balance that, right? Going back to MT's point, like, look, they, they were always kind of turning over even when they were the best offense in the NBA. Well, that's because they were shooting the ball so well on the possessions they didn't squander, right? So if you can't get Clay and Wiggins back, elite three-point shooting you know, weapons kind of alongside Steph, and you don't have a ton of guys putting pressure on the rim, which that's never really been their strength, especially right. with this current group, then you're just not going to be efficient enough because you're just squandering too much stuff in between. So I guess it's like if you have to accept the turnover problem, you just have to pray that the three-point shooters are coming back. And then we all look around and say, well, maybe the three-point shooters aren't coming back. And then you're just stuck, right? Yeah, because we haven't been blown out of games. Like where we lead the league or at top of the league in close games, right? Our strength of schedule is still number one. Um, and so a few of those shots, if Clay doesn't go one for seven and one for eight, and from three in a few of those games, you know, and it's a three-point loss. Do we win the game? So uh, turnovers are a thing. They're frustrating, but I just don't think they're the problem. They are the, one of the things that makes this season so fucking difficult. If they were just getting beat, if they just looked too slow, too old, they they literally were just going out there and getting outclassed. There's no discussion. You know, this is the end of a great story. It happens to anybody. You know, it is what it is. No problem. That's father time is undefeated, right? But that's not what's happening. 
You know, they're beating themselves, which makes it more frustrating. Because if you feel if they could just change something, if they could just change something, they still have the talent, which, Ben, is the perfect transition to our final question. We're out of the roster nightmares. I've got a quote for you. In fact, it's a back and forth between Bob Myers and Stephen A. Smith. And um, I'll spoil the ending. What Bob Myers is going to tell us is, look, they're fine. They're beating themselves. That'll stop. What Stephen A. Smith is going to say is, eh, I don't know. You know, Things have changed a little bit. Clay is older. I don't think they're fine. And I'm going to ask you, who do you agree with having watched this and having gone through this discussion? Um, with that in mind, let's play the quote. Why isn't Golden State kind of able to get back to what we've grown accustomed to from them? Well, that was Barkley. We don't have to. He doesn't even watch the games. <laughs> he doesn't even watch the game. He's been hurting the Warriors since 14-15. We got four <laughs> titles after that. So Barkley, we can. Uh, we don't worry about that. Look, they're going to be fine. We, we do these. I'm tired of doing these segments, by the way, because right. everything's going to be fine. You know why? There's no dominant teams in the NBA. I don't see one. I thought Milwaukee would do it. I thought not Boston. Even the no. Okay. They don't, I mean, what's, what are they? Fourteen and nine. What are they? Fourteen and nine. So 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 look. The good news for the Warriors is they're beating themselves, which is bad news sometimes too. But there's no dominant teams. If if they're in a series right now and you got Steph Curry and they figure it out, they can beat teams. I think you see there, Steph's just frustrated. If you're an NBA player and you're losing games like this, and they've lo- they're, they're too good and too mature and too accomplished to give away games. And that's what you saw in Steph saying, I'm tired of talking about it because it gets old and it's getting old pretty early. But Clay's right, 60 games to go. I actually thought going into the season there would be more dominant teams. Mm-hmm. And that's what worried me about the Warriors. But right now I'm looking at a 20-something games and sure right. the Warriors could be playing better. But I thought a lot of teams would be playing better, and they're not. Right. There's not. And so that's just, right. I, that's where I'm coming out on it. A lot of games to go. Um, so that's what it is. Um, so everything's fine. Bob, Bob, fine. Bob, fine. Bob. Fine. Isn't that the meme with, like, the house on fire behind you? Yeah, no, it's all fine. It's fine. Bob Myers. Yeah. Respect, my brother. I do not believe you. <laughs> Let's get that out the way. Let's stop this nonsense. They're a team that's under 500. We're looking at a guy in Steph Curry uh, that's around 35 years of age just carrying this franchise on his back. And I'm looking at a guy in Klay Thompson. You can't find over the years a bigger fan of Klay Thompson than me. This man is a Hall of Famer. He's a four-time champion. You don't have those four championships without Klay Thompson. I know that. But I watched him for the first eight years shoot better than 40% from three. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. He's at 35% from three-point range. He's at 40% from the field. And you know one of the biggest reasons that's happening to Klay Thompson? Because he's not getting open the way that he used to, okay? Because he can't get space the way that he once could. Now, I believe that they could beat anybody. So I don't disagree with you with that. But the fact is, you could have said the same thing last year. The Lakers got swept in the conference finals. Who the hell did they beat in the semis? That was remember. the Golden State Warriors. The that? reality is, is that, and then last night, let's take last night in consideration. The Golden State Warriors, I'm going to look right in the camera and say, what the hell is wrong with y'all? 28 turnovers, really? Really? Now I understand that you're accustomed to turning the ball over, but certain things get ridiculous. You're not what you used to be. And so as a result, the level of efficiency has to elevate. You can't be what you used to be in terms of really, really being able to make mistakes and overcome it. You can't do that now. I don't need to hear Stephen A. Smith describe our problems. We just did so for the past hour. Ben, it goes to you. Bob Meyer says we'll be fine. What do you think, man? Will we be fine? 
Uh, not going to be fine. I, I think, you know, I, I love actually MTs, you know, he's, he's coaching some of that optimism. I feel like he was feeding Bob Myers some lines there, but Bob Myers was struggling, man. I think MT was much more convincing than Bob Myers was, uh, you know, I, I Barkley got him in the soul and I think he just never recovered. I'm mean, with that Titanic line and you could kind of hear it from Bob Myers. I've got friends over there. You know, it's like, all right, buddy, doth protest too much. Uh, he's in an impossible spot though. You know, like, he chose to leave this organization, right, um, it, you know, on his terms, essentially. I'm sure he could have had a job for life if he had wanted it. And then you go up and sit on this platform when things are going to, you know, kind of go in the wrong way. What is he supposed to say? He is smart enough, savvy enough, and a good enough person with a big enough heart not to crush his former team, crush these players who he's had long relationships with. He's never going to be like Kendrick Perkins and say, oh, Draymond's got to get suspended for 25 games. It's just an impossible spot to be in. So um, I think I got to take uh, Stephen A. Smith's side on this one, Barkley's side on this one. Um, and I think that Bob Myers probably wants that one back, man. Maybe like the Wiseman pick, you know, if he could just do that entire oh, segment shit. over, uh, you know, kind of like just get some better material because it was so unconvincing. <laughs> I, I thought the most telling portion of that back and forth was Stephen A. Smith not saying, Bob, I don't agree with you. Him saying, Bob, I don't believe you. You know, right. and that's exactly what you just hit out of the park. And I agree. The the facial expressions he makes in there and how he doubles down on fine, you know, because he says yeah. we're fine and then he goes through his whole back and forth and then he says, again, we'll be fine. If you, if you find yourself doubling down on something, you know, within like five or six seconds of an explanation, Chances are you don't believe it, and you know it's it's not going super well. So I think you might be right. Here. Well, our best hope is that he just hits his breaking point by like February, and he just you know comes clean completely. You know, and it's just like Draymond drove me crazy for four years. You know, it's like couldn't pay Clay because he's not the same guy he was in 2017, and you know he just completely unloads everything. That felt like what they were trying to get out of him because they were really pushing uh, pushing and prodding there. Uh, so I guess give him some credit for the composure. But no, I I didn't believe him. You know, I didn't believe him at all. I'm going to go home tonight. We're going to fire up a, an episode of Kitchen Nightmares, you know, and there's going to be like some scenario where like the first two problems, Gordon Ray is like, that's tough. That's tough. But I have a solution. And then the final one, he's like, fuck, you have asbestos and mold. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, there's no, you're screwed, buddy. Like, I don't know. You better call Maxime and MT because I have <laughs> no answers for you. Then you took a, um, a hard time, man. You know, this is a weird time when we're all kind of figuring out how to deal with this season and you made it fun and you made it enjoyable and that's an, an almost an impossibility. I really appreciate you and I know I'm not alone for people who need way more Ben Gollum in their life. Where do they go? Oh, Maxime will have some charts that'll plug all my socials for you after this. Uh, no, at, at ben.golliver on Instagram and washingtonpost.com slash sports for all the articles. If you want to let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, you can shoot us an email too. Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Well, you can also check our social media sites. Just search Warriors Huddle under a social media site of your choice and up we will pop. Keep your hopes up, Dub Nation. We'll get through this asbestos problem some way, somehow. And uh, with that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.